This is Chris, and, uh, well, this is not the next episode of the Cosmic Treadmill. Uh, no, we are still, uh, under the weather here at Cosmic Treadmill, uh, Satellite, or wherever it is that we transmit these things to you from. Uh, this week, as to not leave anybody in the lurch, we're going to air an episode of Comics Talk. Now, this is a, uh, Patreon-exclusive program, basically an off-the-cuff conversation between Reggie and myself about some sort of a comic subject. This show uh, is a twice-monthly program, though uh, in the next few months we might be trying to crank a few more in there just to make up for lost time. Uh, If you listened last week, you heard an episode of Cosmic Treadmill After Dark. That's the other program we have over there. That's a once-monthly program. Uh, So you have three programs, uh, exclusive programs, every single month over there at patreon.com slash chrisandreggie. Uh, we hope you enjoy this. It will be a little bit different, though it'll be a lot different than an actual uh, Cosmic Treadmill episode, but we hope you enjoy it all the same. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. You can also find us over at chrisandreggie.com. As mentioned, patreon.com slash chrisandreggie. Also, Facebook. Uh, I think we're Cosmic Team Mill something or another over there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cosmic T-Mill, Reggie Reggie, and Ace Comics. Uh, you can check out uh, my uh, my own personal site over at chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You get some uh, classic DC reviews uh, right now doing Action Comics Weekly every single day. So uh, if you like that kind of thing, you might dig that too. Uh, without any further ado, I will uh, pop us over to Comics Talk. Episode 6 originally aired January 31st, 2019. It is the four kinds of fans. See ya! Welcome back to Comics Talk, episode number hey, hey. six. Uh, thanks. This is our patron-only show, second one for the month of January 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second Comics Talk, that is, the third of the patron-only shows. And this is something that Chris dug up that I thought sounded really interesting uh, as a topic 
It's called the four types of fan, or really mm-hmm. the four kinds of fans. I don't know why I decided <laughs> to rename it, but there it is. But uh, yeah, why don't you start telling us about what the four kinds of fans are here? Sure, sure. This is a this is a subject that I've been wanting to talk about for like over a decade now, but just haven't found a way to shoehorn it into the conversation. <laughs> so, figure that this is as good of a spot as any here. Um, now, this is something that I kind of stole from. Uh, a wrestling personality, a professional wrestling personality named Jim Cornette. It's a, uh, he's a booker, manager. Uh, he managed the Midnight Express during the 80s. He did his time in WWE. He, he's been around the business pretty much everywhere you could be. Uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Mark Wade in a way. Uh, oh, yeah. They, both, they both seem kind of hot-tempered and, uh, and have very long and storied uh, rap sheets, you yeah. know? They, they, they've, they've made friends. They've made enemies. They've done journeymen. <laughs> But I want to be clear to everyone, too, that Chris is saying this for my benefit because I don't know anything about wrestling. So um, <laughs> if, you, if this is redundant to you, this is for me. So don't feel like he's yes. uh, to saying anything. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not condescending <laughs> to anybody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jim Cornette, during uh, in the, I, I want to say this is probably from somewhere in the mid-2000s. This is after WCW went out of business. So there was only really one big promotion round. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fans were kind of drifting away because it wasn't as interesting as it was during the 90s. Right. And he was approached and asked, you know, what do we do to what what would you do to keep fans engaged, keep fans to grow the fan base back to what it once was? Mm. And uh, he went off on a promo. He cut a promo, basically, which is what he usually does. And uh, he discussed what he considered the four types or four kinds of fans. These are wrestling fans, of course, but it could be we could apply it to any kind of fandom of entertainment or yeah. Consumable anything, basically. And uh, we're going to read through his uh, his four kinds of fans here. And uh, it's all going to be applied to applicable to wrestling, but we will go through it again and pop some comic stuff in there, too. Yeah, where we think it direct, more directly applies to Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, he looks at the first group, and he says, there are this many people who come to see anything in a wrestling ring. They're going to come to see anybody in boots and tights in a wrestling ring no matter what. They're hardcore. They're on the internet. They want to come because they either can't get enough wrestling or they want to bitch and complain about something and say how they can do it better. So that's your first group of fans there, the hardcores who will always be there. The hardcore, they're on the internet. That's not a uh, oxymoron. Are you sure? Okay, I just want to make sure. They're hardcore but soft-bellied. Oh, okay. You mean hard and robust in their fandom. Is Okay, that's what you meant. Indeed. Uh, the second group, he says, this crowd likes good wrestling. Not old wrestling, not new wrestling, just good wrestling. There's two kinds of wrestling, good wrestling and bad wrestling. I don't care who presents it or what it is, that's this crowd, that's the second crowd. They want to see good wrestling, and if you present a good product for an extended period of time to where it gets the point across, they will come to see you. Yeah, so you have the two groups. First group's always there. Second group will be there when it's good. And then we jump into the third group. He says, this crowd comes to see the star, comes to see the big event, the rock, the Steve Austin. Either somebody really gets hot like Hulk Hogan two decades ago or The Rock in Austin in late 90s or whatever, or the WrestleMania is hot. That's that's the crowd where no matter what you do, they aren't going to come all the time, and they're not going to watch every week, but they know it's around. That's the third group, the people who will come for the big shows or the big stars. Uh, everybody else in the world is in the fourth group. They don't give two flying forks. 
You could put a flying elephant in the ring. They don't give a spit because it's wrestling and they don't want to see it. They want to see ballet, fly fishing, and I don't give a spit what else. You ain't going to get them. So you've always got these people, group one, right? And I'm not saying you should spit on them because they're your ticket purchasing patrons. But you've always got these people. If you've got a good product, you've got group number two, so concentrate on that. There's really no way that you control group number three because how you how do you just say, okay, this guy's going to be the next Rock or the next Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan? You can't do that. They've got to come along, and that's when you really you get the really big house, the record gates or whatever. And the fourth group, who gives a flying fork what you people want to see? If you people are gonna going to the goddamn ballet, fork you because we're doing wrestling. And the people who try to say, well, we're going to give the people who don't like wrestling something to watch, they've got something to watch. It's on the other forking stations while your program is on, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> so why do, you, why do you do spit that's not related in any way to wrestling on a wrestling program? They don't stop Saturday Night Live to have Kurt Gowdy give a goddamn Olympic freestyle skating report. The people watching Saturday Night Live don't, don't give two flying forks about the goddamn Olympic freestyle skating, so why do it is all I'm saying. So, you've got group one. If you're good, you have group two. When you're lucky, you have group three. And the rest of them, it doesn't make a forking difference because they're not coming anyway. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking while we read this, and, you know, it definitely applies, could be applied to pretty much any sports fan. Any Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, this this is almost, now that I really think about it, this almost reads like a list of also the four kinds of sports fans, but uh, really any entertainment industry, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. But the only thing is we can't really say with total authority since we don't know. What the sure. uh, what the crowd is around fly fishing, for example, but I bet it's I bet it's similar. I bet there's you know hardcore adherents and there's people that only like the stars of fly fishing, like uh, Rattlebone Jim. You know that's I a love big, that guy. big star. I love that guy. Um, so, uh, but in terms of we, we of course we if you didn't know Chris we do a comics podcast so oh yes sure. uh, we're going to be talking we're going to be relating this to comics and uh, I think there's definitely really practically a one to one correlation if you just uh, kind of change the, you know, the, what the expectation of the product is. Sure. Um, that first group to me, and pretty much to you too, is, uh, would be those hardcore collectors, hardcore fans. I'm going to break that down two ways. Uh, these are folks that don't even read the books. They just buy them and file them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just people that are just collecting. They just want to complete a run or continue to collect a run or runs mm-hmm. or whatever, however they do it. Uh, or folks who just plow through their weekly hauls the night they get them home, can't get enough of them, good, bad, and different. They just want to be reading comics, any comics, single issues, trades, manga, fumetti, 2000 AD. If it's sequential art, they're there. Yes. And so I'd it's... say that's th- those those two are connected, but I do I do see that there's a difference there because sure, one of them sure. isn't reading them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they probably were. But at some yeah, point. <laughs> exactly. It's it's like I was I was even going to say like like a collector. Like for example, you you have limits on what you collect. I have my own mm-hmm. limits, you know. But in truth, the only limits we really have, right, Chris, are money and space, and Absolutely. how much we can get away with with our spouses. Uh, <laughs> if we if if all those things were unlimited and we get away with anything, uh, we would have every comic ever made. Um, but you know, because that's not reasonable, we and that's what people do. And I think you sort of move through different phases in your collecting, and then one of them eventually becomes the I have no time to read them, or I've even stopped enjoying them. Let me just file them away. 
Absolutely. Uh, but definitely, you see them online all the time. The people that are For sure. really reading, and, I, and you know, I, I got to say, I consider us to be uh, comics enthusiasts in the way that we pre- we do our best to appreciate the breadth of the of the uh, genre. You know Language, what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's it's it's. I mean, you know, probably just like wrestling, you can break this down so many ways because there are people that stick with the superheroes. Uh, mm-hmm. But as as you mentioned, I'm I'm almost kind of having a conversation with my help, myself here, Chris, because as you <laughs> as you mentioned though, that's usually for a while, you know. Every you know sure. you you start to like you you talk about you got annoyed with comics at one point, uh, you went manga, mm-hmm. and uh, became quite a big manga fan, you know. And it's just like sure. that just happens, you know. What I mean, just like you hey. see something else, you get interested, suddenly you're reading, you know, Robert Crumb or whatever. I definitely would put myself in the first group, uh, leaning a little bit into the second group, which we'll get into in a second. But definitely, I've got, I've got at least a foot in the first camp here, yeah. uh, where like you just alluded to, when I when I felt that comics weren't for me, or when I was out of work and couldn't afford the you know the prices on these comics these days. I did turn to manga because it was cheaper and I got more for my money. And I, I'm the kind of guy who just wants to be reading comics, regardless of if it's you know if it's about a group of school kids who get superpowers or if it's a, a, a Western group of school kids that get superpowers. You know, it's what's cool it's, is it's also it's comics in another language, and, and I don't mean I don't mean just in sure. Japanese, but even the whole language of the comic is, is the oh, way yeah. you're reading it in a different direction. It's got like all these different. Uh, mm-hmm. Icons and you know visual identifiers. It's it's absolutely. It's a fascinating thing. You, you have to be a certain. I think you are that that sort of man. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd hit the used bookstores and I'd grab anything that I could in the clearance section. So I have got I've got you know tan tan books. I've got a bunch of indie stuff that I would have never grabbed before. Yeah. It's just because I always want to be reading comics. I always want to have something, and, and it's one of those cruel ironies because I always wanted to have something on my to read pile, and now uh-huh. I could be buried in it. So <laughs> oh, now you're too. Be careful what you. It's a monkey's paw thing. <laughs> But now we'll jump into the second group, and we consider those basically comic book readers, uh, you know, uh, not quite as hardcore as the first, but these are ones that will follow storylines, characters, maybe creators. These are like more traditional sorts, less hardcore, Mm. Uh, though whether they comprise the biggest part of the fandom is questionable because these days you don't know because we don't know know. if like the – is the industry being pushed forward by the the habitual comic fan or it's – so it's weird. It is yeah. weird, yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, you have no answer there, but it's, it's sure makes you wonder. Yeah. Anyway, it does. <laughs> but uh, to paraphrase from the Cornette quote, you know, uh, and apply it to comics here, mm-hmm. they want to read good comics, and if you present a good product for an extended period of time to where it bo- it gets the point across, they will come and see you. So, you know, books get buzz. You know, on the internet now, especially we've sure. got we've got a bunch of sites dedicated to hyping things. So. You know, good comics, like any good consumable entertainment, will get that buzz. And, you know, we can look at things like The Walking Dead or, or like uh, Brian K. Vaughn's saga, you know. Mm-hmm. Even things, whether we liked it or not, Mr. Miracle, the Maxi series, that had buzz. Even, so, Black, even Black Hammer, which, you know, we talked about recently. Sure, that got, sure. That's getting a little bit of buzz, too, and because it got that pickup, and I'm sure that... Gives a bump to that comic and stuff. So. Absolutely. So now you have people who already have a proclivity toward reading comics, mm-hmm. and they hear that something is good, 
they're probably or, or likely they'll pop their heads in to check it out, you know, because they are attuned to visiting a comic book store. They've done it in the past. They did it willingly in the past. Yeah. And now that they hear something is good and it's got buzz, they might be interested in checking it out. And we do live in a time right now when I think in America people are, are more inclined towards the comics language than ever before. Uh, <laughs> there, there's still a lot of, you know, I'm sure you get it sometimes too, you know, you tell them you read comics and people they smirk or they, they, yeah. uh, they still make those <laughs> or they, they assume that you're you know, a baby, you know, a man child, it's like, yeah. it's like the comics can be about a lot of different things, but I think there are more people aware of that now than ever. Uh, you know, the, I, we know that in the bookstore, what used to be a non-existent or a, a spindly graphic novel section has now become a deluxe and a lot of, you know, if the bookstore still mm-hmm. exists where you live, folks. But uh, it's become these much larger manga and uh, dens. graphic yeah. novels. There are also many more graphic novels being published now than ever before. Uh, not that that's the only comic, but that is that is what's bringing people into the language of it. Uh, so that they're already familiar with that, so that if they see that there's a buzz on a comic, it's not like crazy to them to that they might enjoy it. Even my wife mm-hmm. reads a couple of comics, and this is, I don't think that's, would have been something she would have done 10, 15 years ago, to be honest with you. So uh, sure, sure. it's not because of me, is what I'm saying, because she doesn't read the comics I like, folks. <laughs> Believe me, she thinks the comics I like are stupid as hell. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's not totally true. But anyway, we... Uh, <laughs> So it's uh, it, the only thing here, though, is of course the uh, qualifier of a good comic, Chris. Yeah, that, uh, mm-hmm. it's like what is a good comic, and that's this to me is is uh, group two is also sort of a group three situation, which we'll talk about because there is a little luck there also. Oh, absolutely. Um, but and I'm going to tell you something that I'm I, I'm not going to name the publisher. But everyone listening to this, and Chris knows the publisher, the ones that we get comps from, uh, I noticed the, the worst errors, like the most basic errors. And yeah, we're, those are comps, but I see the finals too. They're not fin- They're not completed. Sure. Uh, they, they're missing credits. They go entire issues without naming characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go entire issues like... Where basically a character walks from left to right the entire thing, you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's like, though, that's not good. That's not a no. good comic. That'll never no. be a good comic. The basic language has to be correct. Uh, sure. And there are, you know, I think that I think that the rules that were in place in the newsstand days might not apply anymore. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. But somewhat, I think that I think the basics of the nuts you, and bolts. You you should. I still believe you should be able to pick up. A comic issue, and and be able to read a one story in there. Even if it's you know, I'm not saying the villain has to die. Obviously, you know, whatever. But you've you've read something complete, and you you know what happened, and that's really all there is to it. It's sure they're treated the chapters as uh, this is goes back to our discussion from however many weeks ago about uh, writing for the trade. Yeah, is these things are treated as chapters, and I mean, God, the number one issues which used to be so coveted. Don't even buy, don't bother buying a book until there's three issues out because the number one issue is not going to tell you anything. You're not going like, to tell you a damn like, thing. What happened? A guy, a guy like walked into a barn. That's what I. That's the whole issue. Uh, it's. I mean, I'm serious. This is like really way a lot of comics are. Um, sure. I mean, you know, that's you know, this this is something uh, that that the folks uh, it actually are are lovely patrons, Bob and Barbara. Now that I think about it, uh, they've talked about that too when they talk about comics that like. Uh, Barbara is someone newer to comics, so mm-hmm. she really needs 
someone to like Primer. Yeah. to like say like here here's here's my name here's my basic powers here's my these basic... are my razor sharp adamantium claws you know but you know you're saying that phrase because they used to write that all the time absolutely because absolutely. every inch they wanted you to know that he has razor, razor sharp, sharp adamantium claws <laughs> now it's a damn secret well I don't even know if Wolverine exists anymore but uh, <laughs> or, or only one <laughs> or, or he'll go a whole issue not even using them. It's like, what do I want to see that for? You know, it's like, oh great, Wolverine went to the store. You know, like, well, this is not this is not what we're buying. This is not what we're paying for. And now coming up to five dollars. And I mean, that's if Marvel doesn't want to have a deluxe wedding issue. <laughs> God, you'll have to skip lunch all week to buy that thing. He's crying, yeah. Christ. So it's uh, this this that 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 to me like you can't know if a comic is going to be good. If you know, obviously you you do your best to write a story you think is good. Yeah. And whether people respond to it is a little bit of luck, but if you you got to start with the foundation of a intelligible comic, comic right? A yeah. comic you can read for sure, for sure. Uh, we see it too much. I mean, I I could I can't believe how many times I've seen, uh, you know, these just like uh, how many times have we read comics recently where <laughs> you're supposed to believe that two characters, you know. Breaking up or getting together is a huge deal, and you're like, "Oh yeah, really? I didn't, I didn't get that." You know? <laughs> like comics where you've been reading every issue, and like suddenly, like two characters kiss, and you're like, "Oh, I guess that's supposed to be like a big deal." I didn't even know they like right? liked each other. What the hell's going on here? Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be that 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 way. Uh, that's what I no, think. Certainly not. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of that third group, Chris. Yes. This would be those people dragged in because of mainstream news or also uh, names, which we'll talk about in a minute too. But uh, definitely, you know, stuff like the Superman 75, Death of Superman, that old 80s, 90s speculation I think would apply here. Sure. People that were drawn to buy comics because they were heard about it on the news. Uh the new fifty-two. I wanted to mention this definitely applies here, mm-hmm. and we're not. We are not going to talk about the new fifty-two right now. But I no. do want to say that uh, the initial surge it worked. It, oh yeah, it dragged a lot of people into the comic stores. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. St- most of them didn't stay, and maybe those yeah. that did stay didn't stay with DC. <laughs> That is that's not you know their fault. That's uh, you know that's DC's fault as far as I'm concerned. But sure. uh, it works, man. I mean, it it'll get you that surge of mm-hmm. people. Uh, yeah, and anything, and you know, we didn't list it here, but anything with a number one on it. I mean, yes. as much as we don't want to say that it works, it, it that also works. It's, it, it it's, drags people. It sucks, out. but it works. It, it it does work. People come out, they buy the number ones. Although you notice, uh, so with certain publishers that have. Put out many number ones. Maybe done that a little too often. Uh, you find that those, they're getting many more diminishing returns on their number sure. ones. No, it's no longer the. I mean, God, remember the new Fifty Two? Like those first books, it was like six figures. They were all doing for oh, the first yeah. couple of months. It was unbelievable. They were so high Wild. those numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers we haven't seen in a long time, and people don't know or whatever. A lot of them don't know that comics were really in the toilet right before that. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, since then, how many? Especially DC, yeah. Uh, particularly DC, Marvel yeah. wasn't wasn't really doing a whole lot better. Image was like pathetic, uh, you know. Except mm-hmm. for the Walking Dead was on, the only thing they had carrying. Um, yeah. And then since then, think about how many independent publishers and how many 
new creator-owned things have come out. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying this this clearly wasn't Dan DiDio's or DC's plan, but they <laughs> did give a little shot in the arm to comics. The industry as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's had some lasting effects, but not close to what they want. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> also, those hopefully just annual crossovers, uh, not three, two and three times a year. Uh, this is also, people do show up for that. The numbers don't lie. They, at least they ship a lot. I'll tell you that. True. And, uh, I do see people after the fact wanting to buy collected, you know, bundles of, yeah. of, of an event. Uh, I see that at my shop. I see that online all the time. Um, you know, they buy, they have the, the, Whatever, so nine nine issue event, nine issue shrink, and then yeah. the uh, tie-ins. You know the uh, <laughs> the six to nine, the the the, the uh, event that grew two heads. Oh, is that what we call yes. it? Um, <laughs> I, of course, we're talking about the secret civil wars, crises, the uh, you know original sins, all those great books. All that stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the civil wars. <laughs> yes, the warsies. That's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, going back to uh, you know, mainstream news here, we had that uh we had that Obama issue of Spider Man with right. the fist bump, you know. Yes, I mean of course. there was the uh the gay wedding issue of Astonishing X Men that they came that came out with. Those books that did get a little bit of press, they also saw a surge. I Absolutely. Mean, Even Earth those... Two with the with Gay Allen Scott, remember? That's right. Like, That's right. God, who would have thought Earth Two would become a <laughs> right? hot book, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, uh, we've got, you know, big names coming to comics, you know. Since around the turn of the century, comics publishers have looked toward the, quote, mainstream talent to add name value to their titles. Uh, it's probably not the first case of this, but what my mind always goes to is Kevin Smith coming on Daredevil and Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. That's That seems to be like the first, I, I don't even know if we would call him an A-lister, but he was like the first f- fan pro guy who came in and... He was able to write his own ticket straight out the gate. Sure, yeah, well, especially at that time in Marvel. For sure, there, there for was, sure. There was there a lot, lot more going more on. There was, there. They were yeah. willing to try anything, but for you know, sure. I mean, in a, in, a, in a much broader sense, and it's not the same thing, but uh, even like you know, uh, uh, the Dean Martin, uh, Martin and Lewis comics, Bob Hope comics, just these big names attached to, even though those guys didn't mm-hmm. do them. Sure. But those people buying those comics were probably more fans of those people, not of the actual comics. Yeah, you know, not of was, Bob Oxner. Or whatever. Yeah, especially when, once they started reading deep into that, they were like, "What the super hip? Get out of here! <laughs> Get out of here!" But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. now, and you know, we had like people who followed, like Joss Whedon would show up and do whatever he right, wanted to do. Right. And this is kind of the phenomenon that attracted me to this topic to begin with. Uh, back probably 2008ish, 2009, I was reading an issue of Marvel previews. And it, because, uh, you know, if you buy previews, the previews catalog, Marvel's books aren't in it. it that's a, uh, you know, a side book yeah. that comes with it. And it was full of nods to, you know, like, this book from the writer of Entourage and this book from the writer of NBC's Heroes. It's like, well, what? What the hell's the book? Yeah, really. I'm learning about, I'm learning about some, some idiot who wrote on an HBO show. What do I care? It, it, what does that tell me about what, whether or not I want to read this book? And uh, you know we uh, we're going to use an old uh, John Burnism here, which it's ironic in a way. Right. But uh, he would complain about uh, the big two putting the singer before the song. You know, it became about the creator and less about the characters and less about the story, which is ironic coming from like the first dude who was ever called a superstar. Creator. Basically, well, so, uh, well, you know, it's funny because uh, what you're talking about is is what Burn would call a civilian. 
right? Yes, Coming from outside of comics. But there are names within comics, and there are names that I've grown to trust. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a, but, you know, rest his soul. But uh, Darwin Cook was a guy. If I oh, saw, sure. if I saw he yeah. was on a book, I bought that book. The end. You mm-hmm. know, I just, I, I loved his, I loved his work. I love his work. Uh, but that's a guy. That's you know, that's a guy in the industry. So that makes sense. To that's the same thing in wrestling. You know, like of course a wrestling mm-hmm. fan is gonna like someone. Yeah, if, you know, yeah, that, if the Rock's music hits, people are gonna go nuts. Well, yeah. I mean that that's everybody. But a wrestling yeah. fan <laughs> is gonna like. I don't know. See, I don't know enough about wrestling, Chris. But <laughs> a lesser wrestler will say, "How about that?" <laughs> sure, sure. A, a less mainstream. Exactly. Wrestler. That's what I mean. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what drove me nutty with uh, thinking about this. Is like, is that people. Marvel and, and I mean they're doing this for a reason. They're doing it because it works. Yeah. So you know it's it goes back to the saying you know it's not wrong, but to me it's wrongheaded. It's uh you're pulling people in out of curiosity, uh, you know because you want to see how the guy who did Mallrats is going to write Daredevil. Right. Uh, they want to see you know Daredevil roll a joint or something. I don't know. He didn't by the way. <laughs> he didn't. No. But the, and actually he did his make Daredevil Batman wet himself. That was nice. Yeah, that was pleasant. But the, his Daredevil and Green Arrow that he came out to shoot with were very good. Yeah, I, liked them I, 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 I don't know if I ever read his Daredevil, but I read his Green Arrow, and it's actually quite good. Actually, to be honest, it is. his Batman isn't terrible. It's just not great. Yeah, but, but yeah. believe me, there's worse. There's there's much crappier than <laughs> his out there. So it's yeah, uh, it's just his reputation precedes him a yeah, little much. Uh, yeah. But you know, to go back and paraphrase the Jim Cornette quote here about this group here, Group Three, that's the third group. The people who will come for the big shows, or in our case, the big stories, or the big stars. Right. So you're not always going to have them. You can't control when they come other than you have to hold a big event or you have to have a big star. Yeah, I would say that probably comics has more control over wrestling. Although, obviously, when wrestling pulls in people like Mr. T or I know sure. they've had that. Donald Trump was on in the ring. Was, you know, yeah. Whenever they have that guy, I'm sure that uh, puts a bump on the viewings, you know, but... Oh, yeah. uh, you know, this is something comics can control a lot easier. They just find a celebrity and stick him in there, you know. And, uh, and and in truth, like you know, I think Brian Vaughn is is a good comics writer, even though he does sure. he's not that's not his main thing. Clearly likes it. He he does it. Keeps doing it. So absolutely, uh, he does. He's into it. Doesn't have to. Uh, but in truth, these fans are uh, fair weather fans in the truest sense, yeah. you know. And, and I don't mean that to denigrate them because I'm sure they don't give a crap that I'm calling them that because you know what no, I mean. Like, of course not. They're not as invested. They're not sure. invested. They're like whatever. You call them whatever the hell you want. I'm only buying the comics by <laughs> uh, whatever uh, you know the celebrity. So <clears throat> uh, it's a it's a bad long term strategy. Um, these would be novelty fans, readers, uh, which limits the amount of control that the industry has over them and their purchasing habits. Uh, not that they haven't tried, though. Endless crossovers face that law of diminishing returns. Uh, yeah, it's uh, whether a superstar mainstream writer becomes just another writer that novelty wears off, which is true. That happened with Kevin Smith actually when he went to DC. <laughs> they yeah, because when he did uh, those Batman books, they weren't they, they weren't, weren't setting huge. the world on fire like the Daredevil did. Like, we, are, did. we already know what you can do, and it's it's all right. It's not that great. Yeah. So you know whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, a certain publisher which has rebooted many times in the last eight years that we're not going to name, uh, mm-hmm. but I think you probably know exactly who I mean. God, I mean, the, this this is the event fatigue. This is people used to talk about event fatigue. They didn't know what they were talking about. It, you yeah, know they I mean? didn't know how good they had it. Oh my God! I mean, we we used to have only a lowly one event a year. Mm-hmm. It, it got to the point with the other one where I was like, what? 
what is this universe even like? You know what I mean? Like, are no. we even still in the main universe? So who who are anyone? Where are any familiar version of any character? And you know, yep. this is a place I don't want to go too deeply into here, Chris. Right now, <laughs> we're trying to keep this positive, but yes. uh, this is this is part of the gimmicky stuff to get people, uh, you know, interested. That the third group. The third group doesn't care. By by the the fifth no. event, they're long out. You know what I mean? They're like whatever. Like, yeah, the novelty is just there's it's <laughs> it's just regular comics at that point. Right. Well, you know if if you know you're on your fifth iteration of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, the novelty is done. So anyone that might have been like, oh, I want to see the new Spider-Man, they're like, well, when isn't there a new Spider-Man? True. Um, Very true. And you and I have the same. Uh, feeling about the fourth one, but we we have phrased it differently. I'm mm. going to say the fourth group is the controversially that fabled new reader. <laughs> but you say it's what? I say it's just the plain non-reader. But it's because it's the fable. You see, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it, there is no there is no such thing. I mean, there are new readers, but sure. Go you go but, ahead, Chris. Tell, but tell there me. there are also people who have zero interest in comic books. Mm-hmm. And they never will. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay that they don't like comics. It's okay that they never will like comics because there's so much entertainment out there for everyone. Not everyone needs to be into comics. Yeah. And so much of the planet never, ever, ever will be. And that's okay. Yeah, you you're, know, not, you're not doing something wrong just because no. you're not selling to everyone on the planet. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Because, I mean, I look at it, you know, when you look at, like, traditional sci-fi... You know, you think about things like Star Wars, Star Trek, maybe Doctor Who. I don't give a crap about any of that. Right. You know, that's not my thing. If people love it, that's awesome. Mm. It's not for me. So should the person who writes Doctor Who be like, hey, I, I need to get this Chris guy to watch my show? Yeah. That would be a foolhardy endeavor don't because bother. it's don't not bo- ever going to happen. Yeah, and, and so, you already have all these other fans. Exactly. Don't disrespect the people who are actually coming to your show, giving you your ratings, buying your DVDs, buying your toys. Don't don't disrespect them by coming after me because I'm never coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's and that's what we have here. We have the non-reader, the people who they might like the characters, they might like the movies, they might like the cartoons and the toys and the video games, but they're not going to go into a comic book store mm. because that's just not their thing, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, you know? I think that's fair. I mean, you know, part of the rule of capitalism is you have to grow by 1% every year, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we can change some of those rules for comics because of the direct market. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, Am I wrong? Because it's a totally different situation. It doesn't There's no act- invisible hand here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to grow. It's it's essentially... It's, it's, a closed it's system. Fans, yeah, fans of comics operating a closed system just out of their love of comics. And if you cater to them, now the question becomes, is that enough people to support uh, comics. I don't know. Sure. It might not be. Uh, might I not think be. I think it's enough to cut, to support comics on a certain level. Sure. Um, but you know, well, we we don't understand the the industry doesn't seem to understand the growing pains that they're in, and it's just well, let's just launch another book. It's like oh, we we lose money every time we launch a book. Launch three more. Oh my like, god, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> I don't. I mean, some of the books you're like, really? What is this? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I I really don't want to name names here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it applies to it applies to both of the big two. So they actually sure. don't need to. I'll tell you right now, it applies to both of them. There, there are comics. I'm like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't even have your flagship characters, sure. and you have like, you know, 
you know, Willie, we Willie and the Schmoes over here doing, you know, with like people <laughs> that no one ever heard of or cares about. And it's like, I, I mean, listen, and I know you like, I love oddball comics. I love sure. uh, the weird stuff. But do that when the rest of your house is in order. Get, yeah, get your those are a luxury item. Exactly, you know. <laughs> I want, I want to see that when, you know, you know, when, you know, whatever Spider-Man, FF, Avengers, you know, Superman, Batman, but they're all selling nicely. Yeah, we can put out, you know, an ambush bug or a slapstick, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing out sure. ridiculous things, but uh, that that's you know that's that's when you do that type of thing, and that's that's when we can laugh at him because otherwise you're like, God, I'm getting ripped off on both ends. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 in trouble. It's in trouble. These uh, this is. industry. It isn't. I mean, we have you know. You know, let's say you have one of these non-readers that actually does somehow fall into a comic book store, or maybe they're at Walmart and they see the five-dollar giant, you right. know, whatever, and they pick it up, and they're. We we've talked about this before. They're instantly lost. Right. <laughs> you know, they might like the art, they might like the characters, but I mean, the thought of following some. I mean, it's. You know, there's that joke about like if you give someone a puppy as a pet, you're basically giving them a chore. Right. It's like it's like well, thanks. Now I have to feed this. You know. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like you, 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 somebody gets into comics. It's like well, now that's a chore. That's something I have to go do. Yeah, it's I have to I, it, fig- suss all this out. Like figure out why there's so many different people in these teams in this. Oh, book forget that, about like, it. Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> It's it's like you're 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 forcing and you're foisting an education on people that they might not really care much about. Um, I mean, some will, you know. We we do, and we did at one time. Obviously, we saw a comic. You know, mm-hmm. I know your first was Elf Quest. Mine was looking like in the books or whatever. The old and like that made us interested. That made us want to read more and look at more. And that's what happens with some people. Sure. Uh, you do, you know, it's not going to be a Walmart book. You know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It can be any comic, anytime, anywhere. That can cause that, but it's 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 like dictating where lightning's going to strike. You know what I mean? It's For just, sure. you can't really tell exactly who's going to have that uh, reaction to it. So it's uh, I mean that's part that is part of the fun. Although sometimes I wonder if comic storylines have gotten so convoluted so as to remove the fun of that. Right? You know, mm-hmm. it used to be it's like, true. oh, well, all I have to do is read you know every Daredevil comic, and I'll be a Daredevil expert. Now, Not I do, so. <laughs> I do, you'll, you'll be like, I know less about Daredevil now than when I started. Exactly. <laughs> he only died yeah. like five times. What happened? <laughs> Last year. Yeah, really. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. You know, there are, and, you know, we, we mentioned, you know, other... Other forms of entertainment. You know, there are other forms of entertainment out there besides comics, believe it or not. And uh, they're all in competition for your dollar, for your eye, for your ear, for, you know, for anything. So you got things like video game, cartoons, uh, action figures, all sorts of stuff here that is competing for your attention. And these days, as we've talked about before, the price point isn't all that much of an advantage for comics anymore. It's true. Uh, it used to be a buck or, you know, even a buck. It used 50. to be, this is, you know, if you're going for a road trip, your parents buy you a stack of com- a stack of cheap comics, and now it's like, well, I could buy a stack of comics that'll keep them busy for an hour, maybe, if we're lucky. Right. Or we can go next door to GameStop and buy a, uh, buy a 3DS, a used 3DS game for $5. Yeah. Or, or even, or you know, for that same stack of comics is probably going to be about fifty bucks anyway. So, <laughs> right. you get buy a, a brand new game, you know, or, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that that works fine. So, uh, you know, that that's definitely a huge point. There used to be an adage that uh, comics could do effects that movies can't. 
right? That was the thing was that you know, uh, it yeah, was just, their, their special effects budget was limitless. Was limitless, and then uh, that that became less true when, when movies came out. But then, still, for a long time, it was like, well, you know, Star Wars comes out, but you got to wait a long time for those to come out. Whereas the comics happen every month. That's no that now is really no longer the case. Now they're they're cranking out high quality uh, fake dinosaurs every other week. You know what I mean? So it's like oh, it's the, the competition is is much stronger, and it doesn't rest so much on bombastic artwork. I think it. it it rests no, more on story, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's where I think. St- well, what's funny is I think the art level of comics is better than ever uh, overall. Oh, for sure. I mean, for these sure. people drawing in comics today, uh, that you know, for the big two, but also for all over the place, I am routinely blown away at how unbelievably mm-hmm. talented. And you know, we read comics from all over, Chris. We know they yep. let a, they let a lot of stuff slide back in the day. <laughs> People that weren't quite up to snuff uh, got published. I don't. You don't really don't see that anymore as much. Uh, pretty much everybody is at a really high level of quality art-wise. The plotting sometimes could use some help, but just the visuals are usually pretty good. But uh, it's the writing; it suffers. You know, it, it, it'll it'll tank a book. Uh, and of course, the price point. You know, you like it, it used to be something you buy with your candy and uh, soda, your quarter water. You know what I mean? And uh, there's no way, although they don't make quarter waters either, so what does that say? True that. I think quarter waters are dollar waters now, right? Something like that. <laughs> uh, of course, the biggest problem, though, and this is this mm. is what they're trying to solve through the Walmart initiative and uh, something we don't Digital. talk about, the Archie uh, Digest, so I think, is, is big on this, is that comic book stores are the only locations for comics, of course. Talk about single issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, just as an aside, you know, there's a lot of effort made uh, primarily by, I'll say just by DC, it seems, but Marvel gets into it too, to uh, appeal to YA kids with a lot of, you know, board books and uh, pro, <laughs> prose books featuring their characters and maybe like limited graphic, uh, whatever, to get them into the language of comics. Yeah. Comics language is the easiest freaking language to learn. What are you doing? Like, why are you wasting yeah. your time? Mm-hmm. Kids read comics. The, the, in the first, you know, their eyes are open. They're seeing comics. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't understand, I don't understand this thing. Oh, yeah. Like, we gotta we gotta teach them the language. Uh, if they learn to read, they'll learn to read comics the next day. You know what I mean? It's, it's not yeah. that hard Same, to figure yep. out what the mm-hmm. hell you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying these kids' graphic. I mean, obviously, the comics are fine. To make comics for kids is fine, but this idea that yeah, they have to be these uh, graphic novels, you know, in a special kids section in the bookstore, mm-hmm. we'll just give them, give them a freaking issue of. of uh, Fantastic Four from 1962. Believe me, they'll they'll be fine. They'll uh, make it. Yeah. People really do, people really do assume kids are idiots. I think a lot of that's not, a lot of society is built around this assumption. It takes that a kids, village. Kids to, are too to stupid. Give a to kid do a comic. Yeah. It's like believe me, it's not that tough. They can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is this is from an editorial by Thomas Harrington in Amazing Heroes number 183, September 1990, cover date titled Mainstreaming. He says. One term in this industry that strikes me uh, as odd is mainstream. For the purposes it serves, it's rather useful, but I can't help thinking about the irony in it, especially since it probably came into use when the alternative term was coined. In other words, when comics moved from the newsstands to the specialty shops. 
And he continues to say, The irony is that thanks to the direct market, even the biggest comics are no longer mainstream. Mainstream connotes something that is widely accepted by the culture as a whole. The Simpsons and Garfield are mainstream. Wolverine and the Justice League America are not. And you remember, this is 1990, so there were no movies about the Justice League or Wolverine just yet. And even today, though, you know, the comics that these properties originated in, I don't think we could call those mainstream absolutely, either. Absolutely not. Look at the numbers. Yeah, they exactly. Are for sure. Exactly. Comics have a big advantage, he continues to say, over a lot of media. Uh, they're easy to read, still relatively cheap, where they were yeah. back then, uh, <laughs> and capable of holding the interest of a wide audience. But while American comic strips do this, the comic book scene has willingly turned itself into a subculture. When I compare it to the 70s and 80s, uh, I have to say that the effect has been beneficial, but with less and less readers spending more and more money. I wonder if this will bring us to a vanishing point. Uh, and yeah, publisher attempts at outreach, like I said, are ham-fisted and stupid. But uh, yeah, I think we're, we're, we could be reaching that vanishing point. Well, you know, yes and no. In, in a lot of ways, because these independent publishers have been pulled up to a point um, I think they could survive probably selling their stuff online. Probably. Right? Probably. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think the culture as a whole has become more comfortable purchasing things that way. Big so, time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that could be the last respite <laughs> when when and if the, the shoe finally drops. I think I think that it's the comic shops. But then, but then you know, you will get a real uh, – I mean, it'll be the same closed system, really, and you'll get a real – Number possibly right from the consumer of how many you need to print, so they'll be in the same, you sure. know, with a mitigated risk uh, of what they do now. But uh, yeah, it's the comic shops. It's, it's a tough, tough mm-hmm. game. Right here in New York City today, a long, long time comic shop, uh, St. Mark's Place Comics, St. Mark's Comics, uh, which is on St. Mark's Place, just announced that they're closing. And I mean, this place has been there. At least 30 years, I would say. It's an 25, institution, yeah. yeah. it's really is an institution. Um, they are struggling, man. It's it's just mm-hmm. tough because the back issues don't move. Nope. And that's what the bread and butter was supposed to be. Was That was the whole idea, was that no returns. Uh, frankly, I think one way they could solve this is if publishers took returns again. How about that? Well, why, don't you hey. try, why don't we try that? And they do that with special things, and you see those numbers spike. Yeah. But they hate that, obviously. Then they got to eat, eat too much paper, so... Exactly. Then somebody's going to take a picture of a stack of returned books, and it'll go viral on the internet. Now we'll see what Can't a failure everything is. You know. <laughs> and we we were wrapping up with uh, publishers' attempt to to reach out to this fourth group of people who don't want to read, are ham-fisted and stupid. And that's it's true. I mean, we've seen no, numerous attempts to engage with people who aren't interested in comics. Yeah. Uh, they they might you know tweet a picture of a panel or something. Right. You know, or but they they. They're not interested in actually purchasing books, but the big two have been bending over backwards to try to placate these folks and bring them on board when they're not interested. And they're they, can, they, the, the problem is that they cannibalize their fan base to do it. And I, they I, do. They I do. don't think that's necessary. I think that part of the problem is and why uh, the people don't want to come to comics is they can tell these overtures are pandering. That's That's my guess. You know what I mean? You like, know, I hope I hope they're smart enough to realize that I mean, because it it's it is just it's overt. It's it's, it's these overt th- nonsense things where it's like, all right, this character is uh, X Y Z, and I'm supposed to therefore. It's like that's that doesn't follow. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. product still, ha- especially this day and age, where for where for example, there really isn't as 
you know, there there was a time, for example, it was very hard to find gay characters in comics. Not so anymore. So now you can choose to read the good gay comic and not read the crappy gay. You know what I mean? That one time you, there was one, so you read that one. Now you yep. can. Now there's choice out there. So it's like you better have a good. I mean, that second. You, you group gotta. Is you ever, gotta do more than just a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's gotta be something worth reading. Yeah, it's it's exactly Absolutely. for real. Yeah, so that's you know those are the attempts to get the fabled fourth reader, fourth fan in there that you know ain't coming anyway. No. But uh, we'll close out by repeating that final line of the Jim Cornette quote here: "You've got Group One. Those are the hardcores. They're always there. Mm-hmm. If you're good, you get Group Two. So your book gets buzz. People show up to read it. When you're lucky, you get Group Three. So you have the big event. You have a superstar creator in there. They might come to see who, what, how they do. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them, it don't make a forking difference because they're not coming anyway. Yeah, and uh, that." Might be a reality to face. It's huge to get people into a, a new store. You know what I mean? And uh, sure. I, I mean, I, I don't mean just like a new store, like a new gap. I mean like a whole new shopping thing. You know, like you don't even know you need it. It's a whole. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, these stores aren't just comic stores anymore. They're lifestyle stores. And I, and I'm trying to think of a, a comparable thing from. I mean, I. That would be like me walking into a Hot Topic, you know, right. and that's not to denigrate anybody who shops at Hot Topic, sure. but that's not my scene, and I would feel very uncomfortable there. I would feel like everybody is staring at me as an outsider, or, so or, I can understand that people might not be comfortable going into these comic stores. To go back, maybe go, going into a fly, a fly fishing store, and here I'm assuming you're, there not, you go. A, I'm there assuming you you're go. not a big fly fisher, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd walk <laughs> in, and you'd basically have to walk up to a person and say, tell me everything, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> Open my Hi. It's like okay, I know that I know that fly fishing involves a rod. Uh, I need to know everything else. Thank you. So we just to help me out here. Um, and I'll tell you, I mean, there are different. Uh, you know, I uh, my comic shop. I, I just said goodbye to my comic shop today because I'm moving. Uh, even though I might see him, but my guy was uh, very good. He he was a guy that he got to know me over about a year of going, and after that he started recommending, uh, and I and all of his recommendations were. He had my number. He was just, he understood uh, what I liked, you know, what I was about and what I wanted to read. And that's an awesome experience to have that. But I know not everyone gets that experience. And, you know, there are parts of this this country and this world that are just not covered by retail stores. Sure. So it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Really, how do we end this? Uh, comics are in trouble, right? That's really how we feel. But, uh, we just heard news that DC's doing layoffs. We we don't know if that's going to result in something that we won't even notice, or if it's going to result in a whole different way we receive comics. I mean, who knows? I think I, I really think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to re- reveal what I guessed to, to you, uh, but hmm. I think we are going to see results from this. I think this is this is a bit of a shakeup, you know. And you got to look at it. You know, this this is something we didn't even mention here, but the fact that Marvel and DC are now beholden both of them to. Corporate these overload. huge corporations, yep. uh, they don't they don't give a crap or know anything about story. That's true. All they That's care true. about is the bottom line, you know. And uh, you know, they, the long term growth is they meaningless to them. You know what I mean? They they mm-hmm. need to show results now and today. And they're you know they got people snapping on their heels all the way up the line. So. You yeah, know, it's, this... it's like the, the doomsday clock of comics here is kind of like we just need the wrong executive on the wrong day to ask, why is this still a line item on my budget? Yes, that's, a, that's the kind of thing we say, really. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, 
Uh, I, re- I really think that two... Disney and Warner Brothers, uh, these comics are essentially a loss. Maybe they see them as a loss leader. And I Maybe. don't I don't think it's a hemorrhage. I don't think it's like, you know, hundreds of millions pouring into No, because then this. they'd be gone. Then they would then be gone. I, I, think it, I think it might be... You know, maybe some months in the black, some months in the red. Maybe, maybe oh, break even here and there, well, yeah. Overall, they're thinking, well, we did good on the, you know, Spider-Man bed sheets, so, you know, <laughs> that's, it's all worth it to uh, lose a couple on the comics. But eventually, it's it's going to take somebody to, to say, like, hey, I can save 30 grand a year just by cutting these guys out, so that's all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever that, it and is. That, and it could, be, it could be a figure as small. Literally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's a bean counter. It don't matter. Uh, I can tell you, having worked in publishing, not, uh, you know, not, actually, I, I did know someone worked in Disney-owned publishing, but the book side, uh, yeah, they, they really will. They'll cut a whole division over $10,000. It's, 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 yep. it's nothing. Uh, it's, all, it's all good for the end of the year. Celebration, you know, whatever it is. But anyway, that's that's. We'll talk about corporate America and hold another. How about that? Another that time. Sound like yeah. a fun thing to do one time. <laughs> talk about our, our corporate feelings. Uh, but I think that that will wrap us up for this discussion, which I really, I really did enjoy, Chris. I thank you for, uh, oh. for bringing this concept to the table. It it sort of skirts a lot of topics we've talked about. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's it's a good. It was a good way to frame it. And uh, sort of set out that, yeah, this fourth group, it's a fool's errand. You know, this is not a real mm-hmm. thing. So yep. stop knocking yourself out. Yep. And I know Dan DiDio is listening. No, he's not. He, only the patrons are listening, unfortunately oh. and fortunately for us. But this information. But didn't Jim Lee just sign on? Oh, maybe someday. But this, this will never <laughs> get out to the world. That's okay. Uh, we, we love to talk about comics. We love to share this with Absolutely. Uh, all of you guys, so uh, thanks for your support. We'd love to know, obviously, what you think about this. If we think we're way off base, please let us know what you what your feelings about these groups are. Maybe there's even more than four groups. Maybe we're shortchanging the number of groups here, huh? Could be. Maybe uh, we're being too broad with our uh, terminology. Exactly. Yeah, because we def- even we went into like subgroups, so that's probably yes. even you probably could further divide it if you uh, so chose. So. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. The, and again, thanks for your support. And uh, we will be back very soon with some more comics talk. But one last thing. Yeah. One last thing. We were talking about doing a lighter episode eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we thought threw around was uh, was talking about our favorite and not so favorite logos for comics. Uh, right. You know the, the the trade dress, all that stuff on that's on a cover that isn't the art. You know all right. that stuff. Or what it is art in a way. But uh, it's something we wanted to talk about. Maybe go deep on Gaspar Saladino. Talk about his history, mm. and. Uh, Maybe this is some some way we can incorporate our our lovely patrons into the show mm-hmm. if they want to share with us their favorites and not so favorite logos from from comics. Oh, absolutely, yeah. If you want to get us started, we can, uh, you know, just drop some logos at the usual places. I think you can mm-hmm. put them either on Patreon or uh, tweet, or at, tweet us them or, at us or tweet at us or weirdcomicshistory at Gmail. A lot of ways you can do it. We'll compile them and uh, you know. See what you guys think of these uh, different logos. The years. I think this episode was a little lighter than the last one, at least, right? Well, we last, were, last one, I, we were both standing on the ledge. So the yeah, last, the last two, we were getting a little, <laughs> little fire brandy. This one was a little lighter to me, but yeah, I, I, I guess we had some opinions are being shared here, but that's all right. That's that's we're in a, we're in a closed system here, like the direct market, so we could uh, 
share our true feelings about things, <laughs> even though I still don't want to rip publishers up too much, to be honest with For you. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, definitely, please send us your uh, favorite logos, your least favorite logos, and uh, we will incorporate those into probably the next episode of Comics Talk, if not the one after that. Certainly. And uh, that'll be that. So this is us for January, folks. Take care. Thanks so much. See ya. I said my head.